0: Hello, and welcome back to The Wizard Staff. I'm your host, Blake.
1: And I'm Guy.
0: We are two drunk novices that like to talk about EDH, because that's our social life. We like to drink and swear, so you've been warned, drink responsibly, everybody. When you're playing children's card games. This is episode 20, uh, Mono Green Pet Cards. This is a series that we like to do, uh, talking about pet cards of each color. We're going to finish it one day, like... We're, all, we're on our way there. We're going to finish it eventually.
1: We got red and artifacts still.
0: Yep, red and colorless, colorless. Just so, like, for all of you coming in just now, this is not a top 10 list. Fuck off. This is our own biased opinions on what we consider to be, like, our own favorite cards in these colors. This is not a top 10 list.
1: These are very personal to us. They're not, like, the top 25 you see on EDH EDHREC. We like to disclude those cards.
0: Yeah, we try to be a bit hipster. (laughs) So as per usual, we drink every episode and on a new trend that we're trying to drink something new every episode. So Guy, what are we drinking tonight?
1: Well, to fit into the nature-esque theme of green, we are drinking Angry Orchard, an apple-based beer. Cider? Whatever. They're different. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't know the difference.
0: I don't think you need to be an alcoholic to know the difference between beer and cider. I disagree. Are you calling me an alcoholic for knowing the difference? Anyway, what do you think of the... What do you think of the beer? God, um, um, it's a cider. Uh, it's pretty good. It's like Easy Apple. So it's like the diet version but better than diet. Diet has a, like, negative connotation. Oh, you're feel.
1: so elite for drinking diet beer.
0: Shut up. Outsider. Oh, cider. <laughs> it has 15 grams of sugar.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just a peasant who drinks crisp apple, and it has 20 grams of sugar. Yeah, it just pretty much tastes like apple juice, but with, like, a little bitterness at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the alcohol.
1: <laughs> no way. Jesus. <laughs>
0: Alright, so now that we've done that, we are going to get into our topic. We're going to do a quick intro to the color green for magic, just so everyone's kind of up to speed. (laughs) So, green is the color most in tune with nature, whereas other colors seek to modify the world around them. Green believes that the best course of action is to simply allow nature to take its course. Thus, green is often seen as the least confrontational of the colors. It does not seem to like impose its values on others. It just wants to coexist as peacefully as possible. It does not. That doesn't mean that green will not defend itself, like when it feels threatened. But it generally like will not seek to impose its opinions on others, like the other colors do. Uh, green relies on nature and instinct, so green embodies this in the primal sense, being the color. Most attuned with wild animals. However, when even Green's more intelligent users dislike overthinking matters, preferably uh, to rely on their gut instinct, like, like for judgments to make. This primal aspect can lead to conflict with others, as Green does not restrain the wild animals it is in tune with, allowing them to attack others as their instincts dictate. If they can't defend themselves, then they were simply like filling the role of prey and. Predator cycle. Lastly, green's, green's reliance on its gut instinct and first impressions can make it vulnerable to deception.
1: Blake mentioned that green is the least <clears throat> confrontational of the colors. It's also the one color that doesn't have an enemy color, whereas you got blue versus red and black versus white, but green doesn't have like its own opposite color because it's kind of the most neutral because it believes that whatever happens, that's just the way of nature.
0: Is that true? Mark Rosewater said it, Blake. Really? Okay, we'll take that, because Mark (laughs) Water... Mark Rosewater is basically MTG Jesus. Mm -hmm. Alright, we'll go with that, then. Alright, thank you for that clarification. Um, So, some popular game mechanics for green is that uh, it's anti-flying. Green does not like flyers.
1: Does that often mean that green... Tends to have a lot more reach abilities,
0: yeah, that's like Green's way of dealing combat. with flying
1: reach being it doesn't have flying, but it can still reach up and touch the flyers and block them.
0: It's like grab them by the leg and just blah, yeah, also green does not like uh green is very good, I should say at artifact and enchantment destruction, drawing cards not as good as blue though generally speaking generally speaking before all of your angry comments creature tokens fighting land destruction if you actually look at all the green cards there actually are quite a few land destruction green cards life gain mana mostly with creatures and land green also has quite a bit of shroud and hexproof regeneration like i think there's a green card called regeneration and trample green really likes trample it has a lot of it
1: yeah, trample combat damage that rolls over into your opponent kind of like the it's almost like piercing damage in Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: Yes, that's a very good way of putting it. I don't know how many of our viewers will get that reference, but that's true.
1: <laughs> hey, if you're listening and you don't know Yu-Gi-Oh, spend the next 2 or 3 of 2 or 3 years of your life to learning Yu-Gi-Oh and learning what piercing damage means.
0: All right. So now that we're all kind of up to speed, We're going to get to pet cards. The cards that we included on this list of ours were less than $25 because we're. that was just a restriction we wanted to set on ourselves. Because, I don't know, anything over that, it's kind of like,
1: eh. We want these cards to be accessible to everyone. We know that not everyone likes to binge money on children's trading cards. So we try and have these cards be more, not so much casual always, but like just you know oh i can own one of these pretty easily
0: also i'm just gonna i said it once but i'm gonna say it again this is not a top 10 list like of best best green cards this is our own personal biased opinions so all right now we're gonna move on so some good examples like guy when you think of the color green what do you think of the color what what cards do you think of
1: immediately lanoir elves comes into my head it's an elf which I think is,
0: like, the main green creature. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that there's, like, some controversy of the card because, like, it says in the name, Llanowar Elves, but in some of the arts, there's only been one elf. And then they made it two, and then... But only tapped for one mana. And then, yeah, I remember on Mark's podcast talking about this, and it was just really funny because I'm like, this is such nitpicky, like, who actually cares about this? Well,
1: it, it it's a green creature that ramps you... So it does two of the things that green likes most. So it's one of the first creatures or just green cards in general that you think of. You got Cultivate and Kadama's Reach,
0: other really good mana ramps. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like Beast Within, Crows and Grip, Sylvan Library, Eternal Witness and Regrowth. They're both really good. Uh, Avenger of Zendikar, Craterhoof Hoof Behemoth, <laughs> Green Sun Zenith, and Triumph of the Hordes. So that's kind of what I think of when you ask me, like, name name like twenty green cards. Go, and then I would list all those. You someone has a gun to your head, name twenty green cards, or else you get it. <laughs> if I had to answer like that, like gun to head, like I, of all the questions that I had to perform under pressure, I would want to be like that. Or prove your knowledge of Magic: The Gathering. I'm like, oh, okay, Psh, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. But yeah, also the really powerful green cards like Tooth and Nail, which is like really known for ending games, because you just tutor out some really powerful cards that often can win you the game. It doesn't have to, but it can, and often does.
1: You also have like Crater Hoof Behemoth, who, once you get that out, if you play it right, and even if you use like Tooth and Nail with that, pretty much a game ender.
0: Yeah, it's just pretty much done. And then... Lastly, we have Triumph of the Hordes, ooh, ends games with Infect, with some style.
1: Yeah, and so these are cards that very popular in green that we just aren't including on the list because we just talked about them, they're popular, it's just kind of boring to hear on every single YouTube video, what are the top 10 green cards? Bet you every video lists these
0: three cards on there. We don't want to give you that same shit. Yeah, so, like, these aren't even honorable mentions. So, we're just going to move on to our top five list. So, I'm going to start. Because he drinks Easy Apple. Easy Apple. Well, now I'm going to move on to Pear. Now that you've just said that, (laughs) I'm going to move on to Pear. I'm going to crack it right now so our audience can hear it. Boom. Hmm. That's cool. I like that. Alright, uh, we got top 5, and I'm going to start us off with Archetype of Endurance. It is 6 generic green-green, enchantment creature boar 6-5. Creatures you control have hexproof, and creatures your opponents control lose hexproof, and can't gain, have, or gain hexproof. The story behind this is that within the first month of playing EDH, I went to a... Magic the Gathering Club at my college. And I didn't really know anything, but I wanted to like learn and play with other people. And so in hindsight, I played against a Silvalla Explorer Returned commander deck, the green and white Silvalla, not the mono green one, the one with Parlay. And then that player cast Archetype of Endurance and gave all their like, elves axe proof. And at the time, I'm like, wait, my deck can't deal with that. What do I do? Oh, shit. Ah! And then they killed everyone in one. And it was just a very pivotal moment where I'm just like, wait, I don't know how to deal with this. Like, what do I do? And then also it's just a giant starry boar. And I think that looks really cool. So <laughs> I, it's on the list. The flavor text is also really cool. It's like, despite its fearsome stature, it is as elusive as a shadow circling round to stalk those who presume to hunt it i don't have a reason to run this card but i
1: i also really think the design is really nice Mm -hmm. there are several other cards that are very similar to it where creatures you control have hexproof.
0: yeah there's the there's the whole archetype cycle i think the blue is flying the red is trample the white is i don't know but there's an entire cycle of them Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: It reminds me a little yeah. of also of like Perplexing Chimera just cuz it's a enchantment creature and it looks mm. similar though Perplexing Chimera is a totally different card
0: but if you see either of them you know you're in for a fun time.
1: <laughs> yeah, fun quote unquote. Mm. All right. My number 5 is Primal Surge. I like to go big on my cards so mine's an 8 GG. It's a sorcery, and it says exile the top card of your library. If it's a permanent card, you may put it onto the battlefield. If you do, repeat this process. It's flavor text. With Avicen's return, the flow of life became a tidal wave. First, Avicen is mentioned in the flavor text. It must have been a sign I would have billed her in the future because I had this card Way before I built her, when I was playing with my Ur-Dragon deck.
0: It was subliminal. They were messing with you, guy. (laughs) Just telling me to
1: spend more money. (laughs) Second, and this is probably just one of the dumbest things I'll ever admit in Magic, but I thought I was so smart for building my Ur-Dragon deck and putting this card in the deck as the only non-permanent which completely fucked up the deck for a long time because I lost <laughs> all my ramp. But I but I just yeah. thought, like, oh, man, baby, if I can play Primal Surge, I can just play my entire deck and just win.
0: That's really cute.
1: Thanks. It was a very rookie mistake when playing, and I've, I've kept the card since, and it's not in my Ur-Dragon deck. I put it in my Jolta deck just because many big creatures and... I think it fits the theme. Mm. The third, this card only makes my pet cards because I still yet to cast it successfully, but I am waiting for the day.
0: So you said you've moved this card to your Jalta deck. Does that mean your Jalta deck is a full, proper Primal Surge deck that has no sorceries or instants? No.
1: I'm mm. not making that
0: mistake again. So you're, you're more like using Primal Surge, not necessarily as a win condition, but just more as like high value...
1: Yes, especially just okay. because I feel like it's pretty easy to reach 10 mm-hmm. mana playing green. Mono green, yeah. Yeah, mono green. So, cast it. Maybe I get... Because, I mean, a majority of my deck is permanence. So I do have, like, the occasional sorcery and instant, but it's not like... I want to say, like, 60% of the cards are permanent,
0: so... Okay. Even more, right. actually, because lands. All right. So, my number four is a card called Bonds of Mortality. It is one generic green enchantment that says, when this card enters the battlefield, draw a card. So, at least it replaces itself. And green creatures your opponent's control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. So, at worst worst case scenario, this is a useless card and you spent two mana but at least it replaces itself. Like at best, you can like consistently screw over like uh like a majority of your opponents. Like all their hexproof or indestructible granting like equipment stuff is turned off. Uh, it solves things like Absent Angel of Hope, Pay a Green, just everything loses indestructible for them. Uh, this solves Archetype of Endurance which I just mentioned, like all of their creatures lose hexproof, and you can deal with it heroic intervention like you could pay green they lose everything they heroic intervention and i'm like cool I'll just pay another green and you lose it again you dummy it solves soul of new because soul makes all your stuff indestructible over and over again and you're just like cool i'll just keep paying green and you do it over and over again and still out screw you <laughs> like it's just so good like the story behind this was i remember playing my cigar to host of heron's Uh, enchantment Voltron deck and the main thing you want to do with that is that your commander already has hexproof you just give her indestructible and then it's really hard to get rid of her well my friend Brian plays this and I'm just like whoa 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 what let me read that card and I'm just like this is bullshit this just screws me over so bad and he's like yeah I don't know I just have it it's like 16 cents and I'm like you piece of shit and now it's on your top 5 list. Yeah, cuz it's like uh, like okay, it is kind of niche. Like it's not always going to be relevant cuz it depends on what your opponents are playing, but like it's but when it is relevant, it's so hilarious like uh, it just leads to really interesting games and like if you've noticed the last two cards have both just been like, "Oh, these have really screwed me over." I love them. <laughs> I definitely also like
1: cards that screw you over, Blake, so thank you. <laughs> Alright, my number... Deck. <laughs> no, you ain't. Uh-huh. My number four, and we all remember this card from Corset 2019. Uh. <laughs> Gigantosaurus, which is a G-G-G-G G. Five Gs. Creature, Dinosaur, Vanilla, so no abilities, but it's a 10-10. So for 5 mana, you get a 10-10. And the flavor text is, each tooth is the length of a horse, and new ones grow in every 16 days. Let's take a closer look, Vivian Reed. While this card (laughs) was quite possibly introduced in my least favorite set of all time, for pure (laughs) headache reasons... I still love this card because while mana intensive in the sense that it's strictly green, it doesn't matter for me in my Jalta deck, it fits the flavor of my Jalta deck so well since it's a big creature, pretty cheap relatively for the power and toughness. When I first got into magic, I was playing with dragons because I was like, yeah, dragons are awesome because they're big and they're just going to be able to like stomp down on people. I also fucking love dinosaurs. And so this card is just almost like a dragon where it's like, oh, it's a big creature and it can hurt your opponents. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's
0: exactly what I want to do. Like, I don't know about you, but like anyone who doesn't like dinosaurs, I'm immediately suspicious of. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you like dinosaurs? Everybody loves dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, did you not have a childhood? No, they just came out of the womb as an adult have no fun gross <laughs> my number three is vernal equinox it is three generic green enchantment so the official oracle text on this is a little bit different than really saying any player may cast creature and enchantment spells as though they had flash like this helps everybody it's not just you it your opponents can't use this but in the right deck you're probably utilizing this way more than all your opponents like i'm going to be putting this For example, in Tuvasa, the Sunlit, when I eventually make her. Because she says whenever you cast your first enchantment spell, each turn draw a card. So with Vernal Equinox, it allows you to play it on your opponent's turns. And I'm going to be drawing each of those turns. And it's going to be great. It's kind of like Leyline of Anticipation, where I get to just play stuff at flash speed. And Leyline of Anticipation is also an enchantment, so that would synergize with Tuvasa. But not Videlkanori. that's an artifact and you don't get to draw off of artifacts in that deck so we're not doing that mild shade it's also just like a fun card you know like it makes people think about their cards differently like I play this and I remind my opponents hey your creatures in your hand and your enchantments can now be played whenever and your opponents probably aren't used to that and then they're like oh I can do so many weird things and it just leads to interesting games and I think that's cool so it's on the list very nice i have Giva,
1: nature's mm-hmm. herald though i think mm-hmm. that only allows me to play creatures at instant speed is that the one
0: flash is that the one that also yeah flash instant speed did the same thing is that the creature that has flash itself yes okay okay
1: so you can just flash
0: flash 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 Okay, so like, if I were to play this against your Jolt deck, you'd be like, oh, that's cute. I already kind of know how to flash in my creatures anyway.
1: Yeah, pretty much because if you gave all my creatures flash, that just allows me to like play, I don't know, 40% of my deck. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, at least it would be interesting. My number three, Dryad Arbor. And I'm talking about the good art one, not the f- shitty future Sight one. <laughs> so... And if you don't know what I'm talking about, in Future Sight, which was a set released, they changed the border on probably like 50% of the cards. So they're all kind of like weird looking. And they did that because the idea was... The set was meant to be like, oh, what might we do in the future of Magic? And so maybe we'll change the border to this shitty, shitty border. And so if that ever happens, I'm quitting.
0: Um, Well... They got so much backlash from that, just like you're saying, Guy, I don't think they're ever going to do that. (laughs) But if they do, I'm quitting. Okay. Anyway,
1: Dryad Arbor. Dryad Arbor is special because she is the first land that we're mentioning on all of our pet card lists. But Guy, aren't lands colorless? How can this be on your (laughs) green deck list? (laughs) Well, idiot, they're actually, for Dryad Arbor, which is a land creature, it's green considered. So, pretty much, it is a land that you can play as your land for turn, and then you tap it for one green mana to add to your mana pool. And it has a base power and toughness of 1-1. So it's pretty much a free Llanowar elf. Now, because Dryad Arbor is a creature, when you put it into play, it does have something sickness. So if it's on your first turn, you can't play it, then tap it, you have to wait one turn.
0: Hey guy, hey guy. if I play Vernal Equinox, you can play this at instant speed. <laughs> Whoa, wait, can I? <laughs> I think so, because it's a creature. It counts.
1: Even though if it's not a land? I mean, even though it's a land?
0: Oh, I take it back. Uh, I'd have to check. Yeah. It, it's, it's like... The, you're not actually casting it. It doesn't cast... It doesn't cost anything. Well, you still cast things
1: that don't cost anything.
0: Well, there's a difference between cast and play. I have to look into it.
1: Yeah. It, this is kind of one of the weird things about Dryad Arbor is that it's created so many, like, weird <clears throat> rulings that... Because it's the only land creature by itself like there's the man lands but those don't really count Mm -hmm. because they require mana but dryad arbor is the only literal land creature now there is some I want to say negative perception towards the, the good art from the vaults which is the one that I'm specifically talking about because it's a lot prettier but there was a tournament back in the day where someone was playing with the good art and pretty much what went down is you have player one who has the Dryad Arbor. He keeps it down in his land section with all these other lands and forests. And if you look at the Dryad Arbor, you would think, oh, it just it's just a forest. If you just had like a quick first glance. Player two has the firepower that he thinks can win him the game. But he does not realize the Dryad Arbor was down there. So he just confused it for another force. He goes into swing. And then Player 1 is able to block because of the Dryad Arbor. Which caused a lot of backlash because he wouldn't have made that mistake if he had known that there was a creature there. But because Player 1 was keeping their card down in the land section, there was a lot of negative feelings so I believe the ruling was that player one was allowed to block but in recent rulings that creatures had to be now clumped together rather than you know maybe I can hide my dryad arbor in all my lands down below
0: your pretty problem child is causing problems guy whatever she's worth it (laughs) She's my child. (laughs) My number two is Abundance. It is two generic green-green enchantment. If you would draw a card, you may instead choose land or non-land and reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a card of the chosen kind. Put that card into your hand and put all of the cards revealed this way on the bottom of your library in any order. Are you mana-screwed? Are you mana-flooded? Well... Do I have a brand new solution for you? Abundance! It solves all of those problems. <laughs> You'll never have that problem again, guys. You can just choose whether or not you get lands or not. It helps. <laughs> I run this in my Tatiova Benthic Druid deck that's all about playing lands and drawing cards. And it's really good because it, in that deck, you really want to keep your lands in the deck... And not necessarily flood your hand with a bunch of lands. You want all your spells in your hand and all the lands in your deck. And you, this card just does that. And it's like, mm. Ah, oh, great. Beautiful. Fun fact, this is one of the few cards in the game where if you go to draw and you have no library, you can use abundance to keep yourself from losing the game.
1: Can you explain that a little more?
0: Uh, I can try. I've had a bit to drink. It's kind of like... Uh, You know, you've been completely milled out, you have no library, and you go to draw, but then you can use Abundance to replace the draw effect with this searching, or you may reveal, or you may choose, and then reveal, and then that ability can whiff, and you just don't put a card into your hand, and you can still do your turn after that.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, that was a pretty good explanation for the drunk that you are. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) (coughs) Oh. Yeah, so that's kind of how it prevents you from losing. I think it's really cool, because I don't really know of many cards that can do that. I just also need to say that the Rebecca Gay art is amazing. And I, as a new player, was like, oh my gosh, I really like this art style. Like, I'm going to look up the artist. And I'm like, oh, I really, really like this art. Man, I feel like... Like, I don't know. I felt like I had stumbled upon something, like, secretive. And then... I realized like maybe like a few days later, like, oh, like this is a really well known artist. Like they even made a silver border card called Persecute Artist, one black black sorcery, choose an artist other than Rebecca Gay. Target player reveals his hair hand and discards all non-land cards with the chosen by the chosen artist. And like at the bottom, you know how they have the artist's name? It says Rebecca, don't mess with me gay <laughs> And I'm like, alright, I guess I'm not as cool as I thought I was, because everyone apparently loves Rebecca Gagay, and I'm now part of the fan club, and... yep.
1: Yeah, this card's very similar to my number two, but I feel like y- you tried to be very hipster, like, ooh, look at me. Look at all this. Ooh, the artist? Man, I care so much, but then... Nope. My number two is Cream of the Crop, which... Blake introduced me to this card.
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> but it's a one and a green enchantment. Whenever a creature comes into play under your control, you may look at the top X cards of your library, where X is that creature's power. If you do, put one of those cards on top of your library and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So when Blake showed me this card, I was like, it's okay, I guess. But when I've actually gotten to play with it, like, holy shit. This card has won me a game or two because I've cast Jolta, who is a 12-12. <laughs> so that means I get to look at the top 12 cards in my library. And pretty much by then, I can pick from there what I want as my response and then win the game. So, like, the first time that I played Cream of the Crop, I got Grafted Exoskeleton, Put it at the top of my library. Next turn, I drew Grafted Exoskeleton, put it on Jolta, then just killed one of my opponents who had no creatures. There he goes, twelve infect. The other two like squabbled and bitched out, like who is gonna get third place? Once they had dealt with each other, I just was like swing,
0: and I won. Damn! And like this is repeatable. Like you can cast a big creature. And, like, go through, like, ten cards of your library. And then cast another one, another huge creature. Look at the next ten or so. And just choose the best one. And just do that over and over.
1: Right, you can... Uh, you only, you're only you only getting so one card out of that situation. But, but you're, you get to look through so many. Right, you get to look get to through so many. Best. And you get to choose, like, oh. Well, you could almost do it to the, like, point where you get to stack your library. I mean, if you're able to catch...
0: You gotta let me know if you ever get to that point where you're just like yeah i looked through my library like an entire cycle and now i'm just going through it again
1: <laughs> right but you also get to put them on the bottom of your library in any order so you can pretty much just be like stack 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 and make sure that you have the number one card and then it follows by like the next top 12
0: yeah that's like some next level strats right there <laughs> you gotta have some confidence to be like yeah i'm just gonna cycle through my entire deck mm-hmm. okay we've made it to the very end we are getting to our top pet card mono green so here is mine it is heartwood storyteller it is one generic green green creature tree folk two three whenever a player plays a non-creature spell each of that player's opponents may draw a card i don't know it's it's a it's it's a tree sitting crisscross applesauce what more can you fucking ask for it's 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 cute it's adorable and i love it (laughs) It's part of my Treefolk Tribal deck, which I purposely keep really, really weak because, I don't know, I feel like it kind of keeps me humble and, like... Sometimes I just want to play a deck that I literally have 0% of caring if I win or not. I'm just there to do me. I'm just there to... I'm just here to play some trees, man. I'm just here to play some trees. <laughs> also, I just want to say that uh, this card is from the same set future Sight, as uh, Dryad Arbor. <laughs> That's cute. The ugly art. <laughs> yeah hey (laughs) they had a they had a real love for just making tree people kind of yeah and i don't know with my the education i've got at college and just the jobs that i've done like trees are really important to me so i just really love almost every single bit of this card it's just it's just a crisscross applesauce tree i love it
1: that's very like a heartfelt story very sentimental. I see what you did there.
0: I see what you did there. Heartwood story. Uh, you're funny. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Why don't you go to yours? Drum roll.
1: I've mentioned him almost every single time that I've talked about it. Every single time you've already <laughs>
0: led up to this, so it should be no
1: surprise. Jolta, so much. Jolta Primal Hunger, who is my green commander. And it's kind of getting to the point where... I think almost on every single one of the pet cards, my commander makes an appearance.
0: You have a problem, sir.
1: <laughs> Except on the blue one. My commander did not make an appearance. <clears throat> anyway, Jolt of Primal Hunger. 10 GG, Legendary Creature, Elder Dinosaur, one of the six Elder Dinosaurs. Jolt of Primal Hunger costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of the creatures you control, and it has trample. The earliest I've ever been able to cast Jolta has been turn 4. A 12 mana creature on turn 4 is fucking insane. And it's my commander. Jolta is also able to get around commander tax pretty easily. Since my whole deck is being able to just cast low CMC creatures with high power. It's almost like Jolta just gets out for green green every single time. Because of its ability, where it costs X less to cast, that gets around the commander tax. Yes. Mm -hmm. Don't argue with me, anyone, in the comments. It's a fact. I looked it up several times. And so, fun story, but I've had the deck built for a very long time. Well, I did. I just had, like, all the cards that I wanted for it, And I was like, okay, when I have money, I'll be able to just, you know, order it in one sweep. But it probably just sat in my tapped out account for like four, five months. I had the commander, but in all the colors, but just early 2019, I have my job and I'm, you know, got drunk after the Kess Dissident Mage video that we did. Oh, yeah. And I was just That's sitting there and I was like, Pff, I have money. I'm just going to spend it all right now on this. And so I bought the whole deck and I just hope for the best that it actually worked because I was too drunk to tell whether or not it was going to go well. Got some pretty good cards and it's actually one of my favorite decks to play now just because it's not the most competitive, it's very casual. Dinosaurs are awesome. I wish it was more dino-themed. I feel like there's not enough dinosaurs to fit into the theme of what I want it to do. So, Jalta, Primal Hunger.
0: Yeah, and you got the nice promo of it.
1: Yeah, and everyone sees the nice promo and like, Oh my god, that must have been so expensive. It's literally five fucking dollars. The other one (laughs) costs more at this point. So... Because the other one, I think, is, if you want the foil version of the other one, it costs more than $5. So, yeah, if you want the promo, just pay
0: $5, and it's cool. All of our cards have been, like, green enchantments or green creatures, if you've noticed.
1: (laughs) Whoa, it's like there's a theme to green or something.
0: (laughs) Crazy crazy guy illuminati all right so thank you so much all for listening thank you for hearing our little stories we have for each of our cards i hope you enjoyed that i hope you have like your own pet cards that you love and enjoy and they're obscure as hell too we have we are the wizard staff and we are on itunes youtube uh we have a twitter so you can always check us out there at Um, wizard staff 101 And thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, peace out, everyone. Peace.